chosen the verses 7, 12, and the second part of verse 16 as the text for the sermon. We'll read those verses again, verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in verse 12, And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And 16, the second part of that verse, And the babe lying in a manger. Beloved in the Lord, brothers and sisters, and that also includes you, boys and girls. How do people recognize you when you're walking along a street somewhere among other people? How do they recognize you to see that that is you? Maybe they recognize you from your hairdo or haircut or maybe your lack of hair. Maybe they know you from your, the clothes you wear, your coat or hat, or maybe your nose. As Christians, we should be recognizable in our manner of speaking and acting. The thing is, we recognize people from certain things about them. Signs. We have signs to recognize people by. Well, the shepherds in the fields near Bethlehem were also given signs to recognize Christ, the Christ child. They had been told by an angel who had appeared to them in the light of the glory of the Lord that a Savior who is Christ the Lord had been born in the city of David. They would want to see this newborn child, of course. How would they know for sure that they had found that Christ child? There may have been other newborn children in that region at the time. How would they recognize him if and when they came across him? The angel gave them signs so they could recognize that child as the one who is Christ the Lord, the Savior. He would be wrapped in swaddling cloths, would be lying in a manger, and then obviously then in a stable. From those signs, they would know for certain they had found him. And I preached to you the word of God this morning with this theme, the swaddling cloths and manger were signs that this baby is the Savior. In three ways. First, that he is the man. Secondly, that he is the mediator. And thirdly, that he is the least. First of all, the sign that he is the man. That he is the promised son of man. Son of God had truly become man. So truly he required the care of his mother Mary. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths as all babies are wrapped in warm cloths. That was a sign. 
You don't have to wrap a doll in cloths like that, even though I'm sure the young girls do that when they play with their dolls. But Jesus had to be wrapped in swaddling cloths to keep him warm. Otherwise, he'd get cold like any other baby, maybe even contract pneumonia or so and even die. That's how truly human he was and is. Truly man, the man. He needed to be wrapped in those swaddling cloths. And that humanness of the Lord Jesus showed his whole life through, right? He became extremely hungry in the wilderness. Became tired and fell asleep in that ship on the Sea of Galilee. He wept at Lazarus' tomb. He was terribly distressed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Emotional. He suffered physical pain on the cross. He died as mortal man. He became one of us. Truly one of us. And that he became that meant he could do what we should have done for us. He came to do our life over, congregation. From beginning to the very end, to the last breath, the first to the last, he came to do it all over for us. We live with sin imperfect in so many ways from beginning to end. The sum of our whole life is failure in God's sight. When you, write a, like when you write a test at school on a subject you know very little about and you didn't study for it all, at all, you, you hand it in knowing you failed miserably. You wished you could do it over. That's how it is with our lives before God in ourselves. Before men, it might even seem like we're quite successful But before God, we fall, all of us, far short of the perfection that God created us for and wants from us. And it's said we only live once. But Christians may say that they live twice. For Christ did our lives over from beginning to end, the very beginning to the very end. And he could do that because he was one of us, truly one of us. And therefore, he could do what we couldn't do, and he could do it for us. He could remain standing in temptation while we so often fall. He obeyed even in the greatest terrors while we would give up. He descended into the wrath of God to the bottom of hell where we would have remained forever. He died as we should have died, condemned and accursed. He could do it for us, live our life over for us 
because he was true man, the man, a true human baby there in Bethlehem, the son of man. And he could do our life over from beginning to end perfectly, obedient to the end. And so he could bring about the peace with God for us that we need so desperately. And he received the Holy Spirit and eternal life for us as gifts for us. All because he was born man, as shown when he was wrapped in swaddling cloths. And it's so important for us today, too, that those shepherds found a real human baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. For as it says in Hebrews 2, because he himself suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. He can help us as people, as human beings in this life, in all the temptations of the evil one, too. He can identify with all our pains, our fears, our troubles, our sorrows. He knows all about it. And can therefore sympathize with us in it all. Because he was true flesh and blood baby wrapped in swaddling clothes like any other baby. The thing is, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, do we also seek his help then? Do we turn to him when we fall? Or when we're tempted or when we suffer? And do we trust that he does sympathize with us and that he truly will help us? Do we trust that? So the sign showed beyond any doubt that God's son had really and truly become man, one of us. But there are more signs the angels gave the shepherds and that brings us to the second part of the sermon this morning. This morning, he is also the mediator. The sign showed him as the mediator. The sign for the shepherds that the baby was a savior wasn't only that he was wrapped in swaddling cloths, they would also find him lying in a manger. A feeding trough for the animals. The animals would eat feed or hay out of such a trough. The baby the shepherds were to recognize as the savior would be laid in a trough from which the tongues of the animals had licked up their food. No bed, no crib in that place for this baby, just this crude feeding trough for the animals like you'd see in any older barn today before which cows or horses or donkeys or sheep stand to feed. The angel announced to those shepherds that the Savior who is Christ the Lord had been born. The Son of the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth had come here to this earth as Isaiah had promised. And you'd expect then that the angel would have told those shepherds that the sign that they had found this baby would be that he had been born in a palace and laid in a bed of gold, of pure white Linen laid under pure white linen and with a bright halo around his head or so and maybe with a string of pearls hanging above him for him to look at. And then they would have been certain they had found the Son of God, the King in the flesh. But no, they were to look for him in a stable, in a feeding trough for the animals. 
the Son of God in heaven, now baby in a manger. Glory with God and all his angels in heaven, now in a dark, smelly stable, a crying baby. In God's awesome favor, in his presence at his throne, but now far from there in a smelly stable for the animals. In an eternal palace in heaven with God, but now here on this earth with its atmosphere polluted by sin. He was rich, but he became poor. Later on, even ended up hanging naked and accursed on a cross, completely forsaken by God. Congregation, consider how much that baby in the manger had to give up. We don't like to give up things. Financially, for instance, we don't mind receiving more, but having to give up is hard. Or, or giving up physically. You can't do what you used to anymore and you have to give up things. For instance, seniors know about that. They sometimes have to give up their driving. And then they, they have to give up a lot of their independence. And that's hard. But this baby gave up heavenly glory and majesty in the presence of God and all his angels in order to be born in a stable with two people and laid in a manger. What happened? That's what you ask when somebody is strong and healthy one day and hospitalized the next. What happened? What caused him to change places so dramatically? Well, though God's son was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. And that's why that drastic change of place for that son of God. He left everything behind in heaven to become one of us here on this tiny planet in a, in a stable laid in a manger to show us how poor we really are in ourselves. We have fallen into extreme poverty by our sins and, and that manger is then a mirror for us. We, we see ourselves in it, our own poverty. Oh, we rather look at things that make us feel better about ourselves. Things that make us look good. But we have to look at that, focus on that manger in which Mary laid her child, the Son of Man. And then we see how poor we really are in ourselves here. Far from what God created us to be. Far from God, under God's wrath. Eternally poor, poor without glory, without joy in ourselves. Well, he came into that poverty, came into our poor existence, laid in a manger, became poor, gave up his wealth, his fabulous wealth in order to make us rich through him. That was his work as mediator. That's how he saved us. Like when a, a large ship sinks and all its many passengers end up in the ice cold water far from shore, everybody's going to drown sooner or later. But along comes a man with a tiny one person dinghy, and he rolls, rolls over to one of those people in the water drowning. And it's either the man in the dinghy or that drowning person. And the man in the dinghy jumps in the water and helps the drowning person into the dinghy to save his life so that man became poor 
in order to make the drowning person rich. That's how Jesus came. He left all the treasures of heaven behind. Why? It was him or us. He rich and eternal in the heavens. We poor, drowning in our sin and misery here. While he left his riches all behind him in heaven. Entered our poverty here on earth. To make us rich with God. And with heavenly blessings. And at that time it was him or us. And now glorified. He holds out those riches to us. He holds out those riches he obtained for us this morning here too. They are for you. He shows you how he became poor in order to give you the treasures of heaven. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, let him make you rich. Accept him in your heart. John Calvin in his commentary, Luke 2 verse 7 says, when Jesus was thrown in a stable and placed in a manger and a lodging refused him among men, it was so that heaven might be open to us, not as temporary lodging, but as our eternal country and inheritance, and that angels might welcome us into their abode. Congregation, God's son born in a stable so that we might enter and be welcomed into the Father's house in heaven with its many mansions. He laid in a manger, in a lowly manger, so that we might end up in our Father's arms. He opened the way for us from here. And you know what would be terrible? If, we, if we're blind to how poor we are in ourselves here. And if we refuse the riches he obtained for us and he promised to us, if we think we're rich enough that we don't need his riches, that would be awful. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, to believe the sign of the manger then. He was laid in that feed trough in a stable so that we might rejoice with all the saints in all the glory and the riches of heaven. So the manger in the stable was a sign of his mediatorship, his coming into our poverty for us so that through his poverty we might become rich and we come to the last part of the Christmas sermon. It's also the least. The sign was that he would be the least. If people recognize you by your hair or your clothes or the way you walk or by your nose, those signs don't mean they know that you're ab- what your abilities are, what your likes and dislikes are so or so. They don't know anything about you inside. They don't know anything more about you except on the surface. However, in the Bible, a sign is never something just on the surface. In the Bible, a sign always said something about the person, their being. It even said something about that person's future life and task. That's what a sign was in the Bible. Think of Samson. From the beginning of his life was never allowed to cut his hair from childhood on. While the angels spoke of that child being laid in a manger and that meant for those shepherds that they would find him in a lowly stable. There was no room for him in the inn. 
They would find him in a stable. There was no room elsewhere, no place in Bethlehem. And that was a sign for them. That, that was a sign that also pointed to his life and task in life. He would be poor throughout his life, lowly. He would have, as he later said himself, no place to lay his head all the way to the cross. There was no bed and no help then to ease his suffering as he died. No, only shame and mockery. A descent into God-forsakenness of hell. And his birth was the sign. The where, where he was born was the sign of that. The first step in that direction. Like when you go step by step into a dark basement. So he went deeper and deeper until everything became dark and God forsakenness. And the first step was there was no room for him in the end. When he came into this world, and he came into this world, therefore, in a stable. And that was God's doing, of course. God could have made it so that there was room at the Bethlehem Inn for Joseph and Mary and that Jesus could be born there. He could have, could have worked that out in his providence. But God the Father made it so that the innkeeper said, sorry, no place for you here. No room for you here, Joseph and Mary, even though he saw she was pregnant, highly pregnant. Why not try the stable out back here? God the Father wanted it that way. God the Son wanted it that way too. No room in the inn. No decent place to be born. A lowly stable. No place in Jerusalem for him to die either, except on a cross on a hill outside of the city. No place here under the sun, actually, from the beginning to the end of his life. That's what being hung on on a cross was a sign of too. No place for him here on earth. No place in heaven. So he was hung between heaven and earth. Congregation, do you see the love of God's Son for you? For you. He was willing to be the least of all men for me. Willing to be turned away at the door of the inn so that you might be welcomed into the Father's house with many mansions. Willing to be despised and rejected throughout his life here on earth right to the cross so that you might be accepted forevermore by God the Father in heaven and welcomed by his angels. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, Christmas is a wonderful call to also now accept this Savior who was promised you and has promised you his complete redemption. It's a call to believe in him who though he enjoyed eternal love and glory in heaven was willing to descend on earth and be turned away at the door of an inn and be born in a stable. We need that call to faith in him, don't we? Also today, Christmas Day, Jesus comes to us today too and he, he asks to live in our hearts. He comes to us in his word in the proclamation of the gospel of his work for us. Do 
you make room for him in your hearts? Or do you say, sorry, no room for you here? Do you make room for his gospel in your hearts? Oh, the the Bible doesn't always excite us, does it? We know it. it can become so common to us. Just a book. The proclamation of the word, too, it can be so plain. But think about it. If Mary and Joseph had knocked on the door of the inn surrounded by a legion of angels or by a whole entourage of devoted followers and soldiers, I'm sure room would have been made for him somewhere there. Oh, yes, I can make room for you, the innkeeper would have said. But the Lord Jesus came into the womb of a young woman, Mary, who was only accompanied by Joseph, just another poor couple at the door expecting a child. Sorry, we're full, no room. And God's son prophesied since the beginning of time and announced to Mary and Joseph was born by angels, was born in a stable. No place prepared for him, made ready for his birth. No one waiting for him there. No angels there. No honor guard for him. No welcome. Something for us to think about. The Bible doesn't always interest us. We know it all. And all too often we leave it shut. And the proclamation isn't always the most exciting either. So plain. We're so used to the words. We so easily fall into daydreaming. But the Lord Jesus comes in that lowly word also this morning and he says to you, is there room for me here? He knocks on the door of your heart. Do we open and make room for him? Congregation, the angel said to the shepherds, this will be the sign to you. The sign that that baby there is the Savior, Christ the Lord. They would know him from the swaddling cloths, the manger, and the stable. Those were his signs of becoming man to save men, of his poverty as mediator to make us rich, and of his rejection so that we might be welcomed forevermore. They would recognize the Lord, Christ the Lord, by those signs. And that brings me to a question too. If you are members of Christ today, do people recognize you by certain signs too, by how you live, how you speak, how you act? Do they see in you conformity to Christ's image? Do they see the signs of love and compassion and godliness and justice and peace in your life and so recognize Christ in you? Do they see in you the willingness to deny yourself in order to live for God and to do His good will? Do you bear the signs that Christ is in you? Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Thank you for the message of the signs which the angel gave to the shepherds. That they would find the Savior. 
as a newborn child wrapped in swaddling cloths like any other child, human child, lying in a manger, lowly and humbly born in a stable. Lord, help us to also see our Savior in those signs, his humanity, his work as, as mediator, our mediator, that he became poor so we would become rich in him. And that we see the sign of his life's task to humble himself and be the least of all. To save sinners like us. Lord, help us to be so joined to him in heart and life. That people around us recognize the signs of belonging to him in us. That he lives in, in us Work in us with his spirit, then we pray. Amen.